Now, your hosts, Mickey Spagnola and Bill Jones. It's another Wednesday night here at the Gaylord Texan, and it's time for another edition of the Cowboys Legend Show. I am Bill Jones, along with Mickey Spagnola, and we've got a special treat because <laughs> Brittany Schramm is here, as usual, right hey over guys. here to my left. Hi, Brittany. How How's are you? We saved the best for first there with Brittany. Absolutely. Now, Mickey, why are you laughing? Because I think our guest is having a problem with his seat. Oh, really? Who might our guest be? Well, some guy named Randy White. Welcome to the show. Well, we need to turn on Randy's mic. Here we go, Randy. There you go. Okay. Well, thank you. Glad to to be here. We're really having a hard time getting this thing started. (laughs) No. No, he's looking at us why we're sitting on two chairs. Yeah, we're we're in high chairs. Now, this is my first time here, so next time I'll I'll know what to do. We can get you a second chair. We can get you a second chair. No, I'm good. I'll probably fall off if you put another one on there. (laughs) But anyway, for the next hour, we're talking Cowboys football. Not only current Cowboys, but Cowboys going back gold to about 1975. When Just I, a couple of days ago, yeah, Bill. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when a guy from the University of Maryland was drafted number two overall, first round draft pick. Do you remember who the first round pick, first pick in the draft? I was? do remember. Does Randy do you? White remember? I remember Steve Barkowski. Yep. Absolutely. The Quarterback Atlanta, went Atlanta first. Falcons. And who traded the number one pick the night of the draft? Who had the number one pick that year? Oh, they had to trade to get Barkowski. Atlanta traded to somebody to get Barkowski. I didn't realize that. Baltimore had the number one pick, and they kept coming to down to Maryland, telling me you're going to be a Maryland, you're going to be a Baltimore Colt, you're going to be a Baltimore Colt. I thought I was going to Baltimore. Oh, really? The night of the draft, they traded their number one pick to Atlanta, so Atlanta could take Bartkowski. The Cowboys had the number two pick because the trade of Craig Morton to the Giants. You think I knew all this? Didn't you? That's pretty good. <laughs> and that's how I ended up with the Dallas Cowboys. So, so do you remember who the number four pick was? Because uh, I just looked it up. I think it was Robert Brazil. No, Ken Huff was number three. Three. Number four was either Walter <laughs> Payton. Somebody really good. Yeah, Walter Payton was. Yes. Yeah. I always said he that. He got if, drafted ahead of Walter Payton. I always said if Dallas didn't get Tony Dorsett that next year, they would have wished they'd have taken Walter instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to remin- well, a lot to reminisce about with uh, Randy White over the course of the next hour. Now, Randy also does some television uh, and keeps up with the current team. He's on CBS 11 locally, Cowboys game day at 1030 on Sunday mornings. With, so, Mr. with Mr. With Bill, Bill Jones, Jones with by Mr. the way. Bill that was Jones. kind of self-serving. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Jones carries me on that show. Bill, Bill nah, keeps all the stats nah, and all, all the stuff. When that, I run out of stuff to say, Bill, you do it, he cut, picks it up and just carries the, me the, along the, the show. Reason, the reason <laughs> I bring that up is because Randy last year was terrific on his picks. I'm a good picker. He was a good picker. He was 12-4 and four on his picks last year. 12-4. and four. Yeah, 12-4 and four on his picks. You I only pick, pick one, one game a year? No, I oh, picked pick them the to Cowboys. go so you picked them every week. I pick them every That's week. That's what Nate does. <laughs> every week. He picks the Cowboys to win. So it's easy to pick up, to, to keep track of how, how Randy did week to week. He was 12-4 yeah. and four last year, and you're 2-1 and one this year, right? I, I did a gambling show one year in Baker. I did it, <laughs> actually, I did it for about five years where I picked point spread winners. But when I do the local television show on Channel 11, I'm going to find a reason every week that the Cowboys are going to win. <laughs> Bill can testify. So, do you, have you formulated your reason for this Sunday? Uh, not totally. But, <laughs> okay. But they're going to win, Mickey. Okay. 
Okay, so uh, I got you down. All right, get me down. Randy's Randy, got Randy the Cowboys. Win. Randy win. So why didn't you win last week, Randy? What happened? Hey, you know that happens. It happens. You know, it's it's early in the season. The you know the second half didn't go the way that they wanted to. I'd have to watch the films to give you some specific reasons why it didn't, Bill. But you know, I mean, I, I'm not ready to throw in the towel and. Uh, <laughs> Like some of these people I hear talking, I mean, I think they still have a good, solid football team, a good nucleus, and uh, I think they have to believe that they can win with the people they have out there. They have to believe that. And uh, if they do and they go out there and play capable of playing, they're going to win. And I'm guessing you're thinking, having played defense, defensive tackle eventually, that it's kind of hard to win when the defense gives up 39 points. Well, Mickey, you know, I'm not a finger pointer. Finger pointer, <laughs> you know, is one where you start pointing at this one, did this one, did this one. You're a team. Right. You know, and you got to play as a team. And when you get in a tough spot like this, you know, they just, each guy's got to take it upon himself to make himself better. Everybody got to get better. Uh, you know, we can sit here and critique this didn't go well or that didn't go well. But, you know, if you're a player on that team, you got to you, you can't do that cuz your team will fall apart. What you got to do is look at yourself and say, "Okay, now what can I do to make this team better? How can I get better? What can I do to make this this team more successful?" And that, you know, that's the attitude you have to have. Jason Garrett says it all the time, you know, "Hey, we got to get better." You and know, one thing about this team is they seem to have a core group of players that will bounce back uh, and, and they make sure they take care of business this week during practice and have a good bounce back against the Saints. Well, I agree with you, Bill. That, that's, that's, that's what's encouraging. I mean, I, I've, Coach Marinelli on defense, he's going to get them guys going. Now, I don't know exactly what happened in that second half. They, they gave up quite a few yards. But, uh, you know, in offense, we know our offensive line is, is what they're capable of being. Now, they have to start playing that way. But uh, that's, that's going to happen. You know, Mickey and I were talking about it earlier. I said I'm an old-school guy, but – you know, we used to play four preseason games and have time to get ready. We used to hit. We were in, in shape to hit. And we could work out all those kinks of jumping off sides and, and, and turnovers and those type things. You work them out in the, in the uh, preseason games and eliminate that. Now I think, you know, these guys don't play at all in the preseason. It's hard to step right out there on the first game and flip the switch and say, okay, we're, we're where we need to be. I think, and that's not just the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's every team around well, the league. Yeah, because they all got to do the they same thing. They all are doing basically. the same thing, and I think it takes four or five weeks till things even out, and you kind of start seeing who's going to be the, the the contenders and who are the ones that are that are not going to be so well. So, uh, you know, Cowboys just have to keep getting better. That's hey, all they can do. Hey, we were on the sideline before the game on Sunday, and Rod Marinelli came over, saw Randy over there, and he came over and shook Randy's hand. They had a little conversation. I think he was recruiting Randy to come play for him. You think you could play for Rod Marinelli? <laughs> Bill, I couldn't today. Now, <laughs> would I have? Where, you know, where? I, I played for Ernie Stautner, and I loved playing for Ernie Stautner. He was a great <laughs> coach. Uh, but if, if I had to play for Coach Marinelli, I would have loved to play for Coach Marinelli. I tell you, I think he's a uh, a heck of a coach. Uh, I think we can arrange that. <laughs> I think Brittany had a somebody tweeted Brittany a question and one of oh, them really? asked Randy White. Well, I will tell you, we do have some questions. Did you get the Twitter question? Remember the tweet you got? Oh, ask yeah. Randy he, White if, if if he wouldn't mind stepping in and playing a few downs. <laughs> if, if, I used to say if until, I was, our, until our line gets healthy. 
I used to say if I was 10 years younger, I would. 10 now, years younger. Now, now i got to say if I was 40 years younger, I would. <laughs> but you well, can see why these guys love playing for Marinelli. Oh, yeah, Coach Marinelli. I mean, he, he I said it on the show the other day, Bill. You know, he breeds confidence. He breeds knowledge. He, he breeds energy. Uh, you know, and that wears off on these players. And you look at the way they play now. The second half of that game, they didn't have as much success as, as they would have liked to. But I, I don't think it was because of lack of effort. You know, sometimes, you know, you get beat on the line of scrimmage. You know, and I think the second half, Atlanta, probably if I was able to look at the film, I would, I would, you see guys getting beat up there. Those holes wouldn't be there or somebody was going the wrong spot. But there's, those are things you can correct. Actually, you know, getting beat is one thing. I think you said they had effort. At times, I think, Individually, there was too much effort because they were trying to do things on their own well, instead of kind of staying coordinated on that defensive front. Well, if, if that's the case, Mickey, that's what happens when things start going awry. That's, that's what you do. You, you try to compensate for somebody else and, and cover for somebody else. And when you do that, then you create some, some other problems. And, you know, that's something I'm sure Coach Marinelli, if that was going on, he'll tell him, look, you do your job. Yeah. You know, you do your job. If you're at the point of attack, you play your position at the point of attack. If you're not, then you can take off and go to the ball. But uh, if you're moving off the point of attack, anticipating something else, and it doesn't happen, and then you end up making a mistake. So, you know, I don't, I don't think uh, effort's the problem. They got the effort. It's you know, just a matter of correcting whatever was wrong there. You know, I think I saw in the postgame comments from Devontae Freeman, the Falcons running back, that he said in the second half of that game they were playing off the aggressiveness of the Cowboys' defense. And there were some where he would cut back against the grain because he knew how aggressive, especially the linebackers, are in that defense. Well, the other thing I think was happening is the defensive ends kept crashing inside, and they were throwing that little pitch, and, and you you got to hold the edge. If you can't hold the edge, you know, a lot of times when they uh, evaluate defensive ends, it's all about, well, what kind of pass rush has he got? But if you don't hold down the edge in the running game, they're never going to have to throw the ball. Well, that's Mickey, what you're saying is exactly right. Uh, you know, it doesn't change on defense. We had the same problem. If you have, if you have contain, your contain guy has got to have, play contain. And whoever is the cutback guy has got to play cutback. And that's what I'm saying. When you're not at the point of attack, you have to know when you can take off. But if you are at the point of attack, you've got to hold that position and play that thing right in order to stop the play if it comes back to you. So did you remind too tall of that so that he could redirect the guy right to you? And you get all the tackles? I never, I, I never had to remind Ed of much. <laughs> but, but Ernie Startner sure would when we got over on the sidelines. <laughs> all right, we're just getting started with Randy White here on the Cowboys Legend Show from the Gaylord Texan. We're at Texan Station where we are each and every Wednesday night from 7 to 8 o'clock. And we'll be back in just a moment right here on the Cowboys Radio Network. SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Legends Show. Live from Texan Station at the Gaylord, Texas. Here are Mickey Spagnola and Bill Jones. Join us each Wednesday for the Legends Show live from the Gaylord, Texan. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash Legends Show for details. That's Brittany Schramm, and we appreciate you joining us here for the Cowboys Legends Show here at the Gaylord, Texan. Bill Jones along with Mickey Spagnola, and we've got half men Half-monster Randy White here. You like that nickname, Randy? 
Oh, I don't know. It was. Uh, <laughs> Who came up with that? Charlie did, didn't he? Charlie, Charlie, and uh, Dave Edwards. Uh, you know, they said I was a nice guy off the field and on the field. I was whatever I well, was, they, but they, Charlie just said he's he's part part man, part monster, as if he wasn't. Yeah. N- he was nice on the field and wasn't very nice on I mean on the field and not and better off the field, right? Him and Cliff. I, I have a good story about that if you want to hear it, Mickey. Do you want to hear it? I love yes. your story. story okay. We want to hear stories from Randy White. Yes. Okay, we're playing against the Green Bay Packers. I don't remember the year of the game, but we're playing against the Green Bay Packers and they had an article me in the Game Day magazine about my martial arts. You probably heard this before. Uh, no, I don't think so. My martial arts stuff right. and uh, how it would fly to the football and all that. <clears throat> so the guy played against Dutton. This guy, the guy's name was Greg Couch. He's an attorney down in Houston. So I got into a little tiffle with no, him, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. believe yeah, that. We got into a little whatever. A tiffle. And he goes, what are you going to do, Kung Fu me, Mr. Kung Fu Man? <laughs> I thought it was funny. I almost laughed, right? But I kept my mean look. And, rah, rah, rah. and then the next year, they traded him to Minnesota. So we're playing. He plays against that. And I don't even play against this guy. I get in another scrap with him, right? And he goes, what are you? A man? You're not. He, no, he said, you're not a manster. You're a manhole. <laughs> and I said, manhole? He says, yeah, half man, half. Bah, bah. <laughs> And that's one of the few times I laughed during a game on the field because that was funny. And I've, I've met him since and talked to him, and, you know, he's a character. It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Probably the only time he ever got in a scrap on the field, right? All right. You remember the, the, the Bears' preseason game? Mickey, that was justified. That big tackle. Okay, what happened? What I happened? Forget, I forget his name. Bortz, uh, wasn't it? No, Bortz was the guy I was playing against. The guy that... Tried to clip me okay. two times in a row. That big offensive tackle, he was six foot nine. He was as tall as Ed. And he, two plays in a row, he tried to cut my knees out. So I jumped up and I grabbed his face mask and I tried to twist his head off. And he went down to his knees and the helmet came off. And I had the helmet in my hand. And the guard board shoved me in the chest. And my natural reaction was to bop him with the helmet. <laughs> And they kicked me out of the game. It was in the first quarter. Yes, it was. I got fined $5,000. It was 120 degrees. I'd have paid $5,000 to get out of that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. That's a lie. And then, and then the next day in the locker room, John Dutton's telling the story about the fight. And he goes, and yeah, Randy, after that all happens, he looked at the guy and he goes, and I'll meet you in the parking lot after the game. <laughs> uh, That's good stuff. I got a funny story about Dutton. Okay, you hear Dutton I need yeah. some Dutton stories. Okay, Big John, we're playing in the game. I forget who we were playing. Dutton gets poked in the eye. Some guy pokes in the eye. Big John, six foot eight, going across the field, and he just falls down like somebody shot him out of the top row, right? And I went over to him. He said, my eye, my eye, my eye. I can't see. I said, John, come on, get up. There's 60,000 people watching you. <laughs> <laughs> I get him to the to the sidelines, and after the game, I took him to the eye doctor. So you took him. I took him. I drove him to the eye doctor. All right. So we're sitting at doctor's office, and the nurse comes in first, right? She meets us there, and she's and we're waiting on the doctor, and we get in the thing, and I say, uh, "Excuse me, dear, could I said, could I get an ice pack?" 
And she goes, oh, no, he can't put an ice pack on his eye. He can't do that till the doctor looks at it. I said, I ain't worried about his eye. I said, my neck hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys had way too much fun. That's all I can it's, say. It's like you can just throw out a player's name and he's got a story about him. <laughs> no. Go ahead, throw out a team's name no. and see if he's got that story. I've got uh, a name to throw out. Oh, all Brittany. right, well, Brittany. Brittany. How about... Um, Mr. Charles Haley, our guest from last week. Charles. Charles was uh, a great, great player. When the Dallas Cowboys got Charles Haley, he gave them the ingredient that they needed. Uh, he gave them a guy on the corner that could consistently put pressure on the quarterback. Charles would consistently put pressure on the quarterback and was a big reason why those Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl teams had the success they did. And definitely – a Hall of Famer, probably should have been in before he went in, but uh, well-deserved honor and a great, great football player. This is back-to-back -back weeks we've had Hall of Famers here on the Legends Show. I know. Next week's Dave Campo. He, we, we, oh, you're <laughs> getting a coach? <laughs> <laughs> now, he's going to have a lot to follow okay, up Okay, let's, let's fast forward to today and another number 94. Now, you were out there during OTAs, during the off-season workouts, working with some of these players. Right. What do you think of the little bit that you saw of number 94, Randy Gregory? Bill, I tell you what, I saw a big, tall, lean, Charles Haley-looking type guy that was quick as a cat. And I watched a few of those preseason games when he was in there, and I watched him moving from that end spot. And I was really impressed. Uh, I think, you know... <sighs> You know, we need to get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, if we can get a healthy Gregory in there with his ability, uh, he's going to – I think he could, he could be a factor in, uh, in pressuring that quarterback. I, I thought – I think he's going to be an uh, excellent player. He's got to do it, but I think he's got the ability. And what I saw, the little I could watch in the preseason, he got some moves. I mean, he got some stuff you can't teach people. Right. You know, you can't teach some of the things guys do. I mean, they just got to have it, and he's got that. So, you know, I think he could be a, a big factor in that pass rush if we can get him healthy and get him out there. When they were starting to watch him in training camp and see how he's rushing the quarterback, they were starting to call him rubber band man because he was so elastic. He just yeah. kind of contorted his body in different see, ways he, that you it's not normal for most people. Yeah, you can't teach that. I mean, he just has a, a, a God-given ability to, to move the way he can move. And uh, – you know, if he got all the other ingredients you need to go along with it, he could be a heck of a heck of a football player. And you'll like this. He was talking about how one of the things he thought he learned at Nebraska before he got here and thought it was so important was his hands, oh. hand placement, and, and learning the stuff that you started actually teaching and emphasizing to the defensive when did, ends. Okay, when did you, as far as your hand placement hand movements and the whole kung fu thing right. when did you start when did you start doing that 1976 and you still do it today yes, i mean I still do you, it. you hadn't played since 1988 and you're still doing that stuff you love that stuff well i enjoy it bill i mean it's it's fun for me and uh i enjoy it it keeps you active it keeps your your brain thinking quick you got somebody swinging at you or trying to hit you in the head with a stick or a knife you know you gotta <laughs> and we all run into that virtually yeah. every day <laughs> But, you know, that's that's what I enjoy. I enjoy that. I enjoy fishing. But uh, the martial arts stuff is something that you can continue to do. And I can't do it like I used to, obviously. No, but, I, I, I but, wouldn't want to have to go up against you. No, no. But, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, 
a lot of the, the hand techniques that, you know, Dr. Bob Ward, our strength coach, he's the one that introduced the martial arts to us. And, uh, you know, through Danny Anasano and, and all the guys that we had the ability to, to train with, Ajahn Chai, the Thai boxing, you know, everybody adds something to that equation. And uh, it's, it's just something I, I, I really enjoy working with uh, young kids, you know, young kids. I get a lot of the young kids and use them it's really neat to watch them come along and how they can use their hands at 10 12 years old and you know i watched uh i watched that game with uh, denver and detroit and i worked this off season with uh La adrian waddle uh, mm -hmm. big offensive tackle number out of 66. texas Tech. Yeah. yeah he hurt his knee but uh he's back out there and he was going off uh, uh up against a pretty good uh pass rusher the other night with that uh What's your name? Uh, Denver's. Denver's guy, not DeMarcus. The Vaughn other. Miller. Vaughn Miller. Yeah, Vaughn Miller. It was going to be one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. No, and Vaughn Miller. And he did He did a pretty good job against Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller's a heck of a, a pass rusher, but I was impressed with him, Who are too. some of the other guys that you work with? You mentioned last week Michael Brockers, the Rams defensive Mike, tackle. Yeah, Mike. I work with Mike, uh, nose guard for the, uh, the St. Louis Rams, and Michael is having a good year this year. Uh, work with Patrick Lewis. Uh, he's a backup center for uh, Seattle right now. Out of Texas A&M. And uh, the other guy, he's uh, he's wor he's playing with the uh, the Jets. He's not a, he's not a starter right now. Though. All right. So you became a nine-time Pro Bowler. Okay. You came into the league, and they were going to make you a middle linebacker at first for mm -hmm. a couple of years, and then they wised up and said, "Okay, yeah, he belongs here as a defensive tackle." How much did the martial arts stuff? help you make the transition to the NFL? Well, when you get to the NFL uh, and the rules change right about then, the rules change, and, and the offensive line were allowed to reach out and grab. Before, they used to have to keep their hands in here, so your your swim move and your arm over move was, was basically all you really needed. So now that when they can grab you, that swim move didn't work. So you had to come up with alternative ways of, of getting the hands off if you're going to be successful rushing the, rushing the quarterback one-on-one. -on -one. You know, you always have your stunts and your games you play in there, but when you got to go one-on-one -on -one and you get a guy that weighs outweighs you by 40 or 50 pounds and they got to grab a hold of you, it's kind of hard to get away from them. So you got to come up with different uh, techniques to to, uh, to rush the passer. So uh, it had a big influence on my career. Uh, you know, as far as you know, you got to have the like I said, you got to have the want to. You got to have you got to have the ability. You got to have all those ingredients. But if you want to separate yourself from the other guy, you got to do all these little things to make yourself as good as you can be. And that's just uh, one of the ingredients I feel like was important that helped me uh, be successful. You know, along with the weight training and the, and all the other conditioning type stuff you have to do. Who was the best grabber? The best grabber? I don't know who the best grabber was, Mickey, but I can tell you who the best cutter was. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll go with cutter. They used to call him Buddha. He, he blocked for Walter Payton. Noah Jackson. You remember, remember Noah the Jackson? Name. I remember the name. Great big fat belly. <laughs> I mean, his belly stuck out, like, and he would weigh about 300 pounds, and he'd get down that stance, and he was quick. And he would give me a head fake, and I, you know, our, our – defense we were predicated on where the head of that offensive guard went where we stepped and he would fake one way i'd step and then he cut me 
then I'd be on the ground. I'd have to get up and then try to chase Walter Payton around. <laughs> I mean, and my shins would be sore after that game. He was he was the best cutter. They were all the good grabbers. They all they all could grab. They all knew good. how to grab. I tell you who I tell you who was strong. Mike Webster from the Steelers. Oh yeah, yeah. Webster. You, you know, just look at him and tell he he was strong. Yeah, Webby when he would uh, you know when he you know I played against Davis the guard and you know he was a handful in himself. But then when you get Webster sticking them big old claws in there and grabbing you right on the edge of your sh- shoulder pad, you know, I All mean, right. that was a pretty tough task. All right, when we come back with Randy White here, I want to find out just how strong Randy White was back in the day when he came to the Cowboys. You hear oh, about no. all these, how many uh, reps that these youngsters do on 225 pounds. I want to hear a Randy White, how many reps he can do of 225 or maybe 450. <laughs> you when trust we, him to tell the <laughs> truth when we come back here on the Cowboys Legend Show. To the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Legend Show. Live from Texan Station at the Gaylord, Texas. Here are Mickey Spagnola and Bill Jones. Fans, this year, Holmes Smokehouse is giving away a $25 gift card at every Legends show. Come to the show each week for your chance to win a gift card courtesy of Holmes Smokehouse. And one of the other things we give away on this SWBC Cowboys Legend Show with our special guest tonight, Randy White, is we're going to do a drawing for different prizes. And one of the prizes tonight is a 2015 Cowboys cheerleader calendar. And guess who's on the cover? Our Brittany Sham. All right. All I'm right. The prize. <laughs> <laughs> I want your autograph, Brittany. <laughs> you did, did you sign up? You get your name pulled? Do I have to sign up? Yes, Mickey? absolutely. Oh, well, then I'll go sign up. Somebody put my name on there. <laughs> we continue with Randy White. By the way, uh, during the breaks here at the uh, Gaylord, uh, fans come up, get autographs with Randy. Or in the case of one gentleman who just came up, he challenged Randy to an arm wrestling contest. No, he did but not. But he backed down. Where'd he go? <laughs> he backed down at the last second. I just tell him, tell him you won, and I'll, if they ask me, I'll agree to it. <laughs> <laughs> Such a nice guy, Randy White. So you were trying to test his strength uh, when we went oh, to that's break. Right. Yeah. Uh-oh. All right, there was a story somewhere out there that at one juncture you benched 450 pounds 10 times. Would that be true? True or false? Uh, I think that's true. Okay. Sure, my, go my, with it, Bill. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I know that my one rep max was 540. 540. I did 540 was my one rep max, and I almost got 560. And uh, so I probably could have done 450 for 10. That, 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 I don't remember, Bill, to be honest yeah. with you, but that's probably not an unrealistic number. I couldn't do it now. <laughs> I couldn't deadlift it for one. <laughs> because now, you know, they do the, the whole, all the, uh, in the lead up to the draft at the combine, they do the bench press of 225 pounds, how many reps. And the most I can think anyone getting was maybe 45 reps of 225 pounds. Yeah, back when I played on our pro day, the only thing they tested us was on the 40 yard dash. All right, so how fast you run the 40? Okay, we. We went out on the track, and I ran a 4.6. No, you did not. I weighed 262 pounds, and I ran a 4.640. And they checked all their watches, and they said, okay, go put a pair of cleats on and go out here and run on the grass. Uh So I went out and ran on the grass, and I ran a 4.6 again on the grass. (laughs) And that was was the end of the pro day. That was it. 
that was it. They didn't but, need to see anything else. But when I was at Maryland, our track coach, Frank Costello, who was a high jump champion in the Olympics, I used to train with the sprinters at Maryland, and they had a great track team. And uh, when I first went to Maryland, I ran a 4.85. When I left there, I ran a 4.6. But wow. I, I worked on it by training with the sprinters and doing the high knees and the goose step and all that stuff and running downhill. Frank Costello was one of the first guys to, to have that downhill run in order to speed you up, to get in the habit of running faster. And anyway, so that, I'm that's, thinking the Atlanta Falcons weren't at your pro day. That's why they took Steve Barkowski with the first pick instead of Randy White running a 4-6-40. All I remember with the Cowboys <laughs> during practice, there'd be this old guy, and, and you'll know who this is when I say it. He would be over there after practice. He'd be standing there, and he'd be, film, he'd be taping, uh, timing us on our 40s after practice. And I found out. You know who that guy was? Red Hickey, scout with the oh, Dallas wow. Cowboys. Oh, really? Wow. He used to sneak up to Maryland and come out there. I didn't ever know who he was. Right. And wow. he used to watch watch you practice, not even just the games. He'd watch you practice, see how you practiced. Which, you know, in, in today's world, the scouts put a premium on that. Give the rock right? guys practice or watch practice tape. So did you play in the college all-star game? Yes. You I played, did? I played in the all, uh, college all-star game against the uh, Steelers. Okay. It was the next to the last college all-star game. Before the rainstorm washed it out yeah. and they decided. We should probably explain what the college all-star game do was. Do I have to do a, that? Because there's a lot of people <laughs> who probably don't remember or are not old enough to remember that the, a group of college all-stars, it was the first, basically first preseason game. College all-stars would play the Super Bowl, the champion, Super Bowl champion from or the, the NFL before. Or the NFL champion. Right, if you and go they back would, pre-season. They would game. actually take these guys – before they went to training camp and actually played a game. A game against the defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah. And I tell you what, the game we played, we, we did pretty well against against the Steelers. I mean, they beat us, but we, we played a pretty good. We had Walter Payton. We had a big guard named Dennis Hara that ended up playing with the Rams for about 12, 13 years. And he was a top 10 pick that year. Yeah. I mean, we had a Ken, lot of. Ken Huff, I believe, was the Yeah, Ken Huff the was in there. Pick, yeah. yeah, from North Carolina. There was a lot of, uh, lot of uh, you know, great players that played. So, in that what did game. you guys think about that? I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of college, and now I'm going to play this team that just won the championship. Mickey, you don't care. I mean, I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care who it was. I just, you know, they're going to put me out there, make me play. But, uh, you know, I got to to know Walter Payton pretty good. Did Uh, you really? We played in the East-West Shrine game together, and then we played in the college all-star game together. And uh, got to know Walter. First time I met Walter Payton was in a meeting at the East-West Shrine game. Well, nobody knows anybody. We just come in the first meeting, and this guy walks up there to the blackboard, and he writes on the blackboard, sweetness is Walter Payton. And I'm thinking, who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Then he comes out to practice, and he's wearing these black shoes with red shoelaces, and he had little bells on the end of each shoe, so it jingled when he walked. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking, I'm going to knock this guy's brains out, right? (laughs) I got out there on the field. He he walked 50 yards on his hands before practice. Whoa, yeah. Yeah, That kind of raised my eyebrows. (laughs) And then I chased him around the field all day and couldn't catch him. So I say, well, maybe he is sweetness. <laughs> Do you realize uh, that when he was in high school, his high school coach had to go make a special effort to get him to play football because he was in the band. And he thought the band was the most important thing. And 
finally, I think it was his sophomore year, uh, the coach convinced him that, yeah, you can play some football and maybe help us out. Well, I think I think Columbia, he did, Mississippi. He did a good job of convincing him because he was a heck of a running back. Yeah, you should have seen him in the guy. band when he was playing that instrument on his when like how on fast his hands. how fast he was going. Right. <laughs> All right, where's Brittany? Brittany? Brittany, I'm right here. All right, Brittany, you got we, our friends from Canada. We there? have got some friends all the way from Montreal with us today. All right. And they have a question for Mr. Randy White. Actually, they have a trivia question for you, Randy. Oh, geez, this could be good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who is the quarterback of all professional football league? National, American, Canadian football league. Who has the most yards and completed passes during his career oh uh, right. and he was also well. a member of the canadian football league i he, believe so he played in the canadian football league and in the nfl he he is an american playing in the cfl now no retired he's retired he was from montreal oh from montreal oh he's from montreal Oh. Well. I was, was going to say Warren Moon. Oh, I was, was going to say was Warren Moon, guess. too. Oh, he's from Moon. California. I'm sorry. I don't know. Who was he? Warren Moon. And Warren Moon. Anthony Calvillo. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on now. <laughs> All right. Which of the of uh, the Cowboys' opponents, the rivals? Right. Is this a dumb question, or which was the the one that you loved playing against the most or hated playing against the most? Who was your most hated rival in the division? Oh, Bill, I didn't have one. You know, whoever we played, New York, Washington, Philadelphia. I didn't I like you say the Redskins. Well, I didn't like the Redskins because I, when I was at Maryland, I didn't like the Redskins. Okay. And all we heard was Sonny and Billy, Sonny and Billy, Sonny Kilmer and uh, Billy Kilmer and Sonny Jurgensen. And uh, I sat next to George Allen one time at the uh, – Washington, D.C. Touchdown Club. Oh, that must have been sweet. And we're sitting there, and Coach Allen is, he's drawn, because at Maryland, Jerry Claiborne was a big kicking game guy. So he's drawing up kicking plays. I'm sitting next to him. He's drawing up kicking game, and he's asking me about the kicking game. And I said, Coach, I said, Coach Claiborne's right down there. You might go ask him. I don't understand all the intricacies of our kicking game. (laughs) That's good. But the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, I grew up 30 minutes from there. So, you know, I, I always is that Is that the where uh, your family would go to the oh, games? Yeah, that's where my family would go to games and fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have to worry about them. I used to have to get 100 tickets to the game. And I really would get 100 tickets to the game so I could have a block of people that I knew to be sit around my family because them Eagle fans, I mean, they're the – So it was bad back then too? Oh, it was worse back then, Mickey. They had a jail. They had a jail in the stadium back yep. then. Now they don't even have the jail anymore. And so, what members of your family would be involved in this? All of them. All of them. My brother, my sister, my dad, and my mother. Wait, your mother? <laughs> my mother. She was probably the biggest instigator of them all because she would wear her cowboy stuff and she would yell and scream for the cowboys and she would start more. I wasn't up in the stands, but. Right. I would get reports. And my mom, you know, she had a friend named Jack. 
and he came along with her to all the games, and <laughs> she was not a very bashful lady. <laughs> so, and she had a big purse, I bet. Oh, yeah. But, okay, I'll tell you the one story. Dickie, I know Mickey's Washington. Told it. No, this is Philly. Oh, Philly. Philly, okay. We're in Philly. I'm in the locker room after the game. We, we won the game. Golden Richards catches a pass to win the game at the end. We're in the locker room, and somebody comes and says, Randy, your family's outside fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so I quick put my pants. You know, there was a little area there where the family stayed. I figured they're safe there, right? right? I go put my pants on. I run out there. Well, by the time I get there, it's over with. There's some guy laying on the floor, knocked out. <laughs> well, I find out this guy went after Golden Richards. Like was, after the game? He was a Philly fan, and Golden Richards caught a pass to win, and this guy was drunk, and he went after Golden Richards. Well, when he did, my brother smacked him. And when my brother hit him, he knocked him in my sister and knocked my sister down. And all my dad saw was the guy knocked my sister down, so my dad cold cocked him and knocked him out. <laughs> so, anyway, that was that was. That's nothing. Has nothing to do with though. Uh, doesn't compare with the time that your mom cold cocked a guy in the stands and knocked him out. Oh well, my mom. She we're down in Washington. They're in Washington, and my sister's cheering for the Cowboys. A Redskin fan takes a beer and dumps her over the head. My poor brother. He always had to fight. <laughs> a guy dumps her over the beer over the head of my sister. My brother decks him right, knocks him in between the aisles. Well, my mom. She always carried a blackjack with her. Always. She Explain always. Explain to these people what a blackjack is. Well, it's like a little knocker thing that you has a lead head on it and you hit people with it when you're we, they used to tape it up with like black electric tape in the day well, and just nail people with it well anyway so so she used that she had it with her she had it she carried it with her and she was straddling the guy this is my mom little short fat lady <laughs> she's straddling this guy between the things hitting him with the blackjack <laughs> and the cops came and drug her off of him and she got a standing ovation when they kicked the guy out of the Redskin Stadium <laughs> So there he is. He's the manster. He's the son of the momster. <laughs> and the Cowboys legend show continues in a moment. Back, back, back. The Cowboys will go to the Super Bowl. To the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys legend show. Live from Texan Station at the Gaylord, Texas. Here are Mickey Spagnola and Bill Jones. Score with SWBC Solutions. For nearly 40 years, SWBC has been teaming up with people, companies, and financial institutions in Texas and across the country. Visit SWBC.com to learn more. All right, thank you very much, Brittany Schramm, Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola. We've got Randy White here. And last few minutes of the Legends show as we take you up to 8 o'clock. Mickey, you've been out at Valley Ranch this week. Cowboys yes. going to get it together this week against the Saints. Well, they're going to get, I think, a little more healthy defensively. Uh, Jeremy Mincy did pass his concussion protocol, but he did not practice today. Uh, that was, and Randy will love this, it was for precautionary reasons because this is the only day they practice in pads. So they didn't <laughs> want anything to happen, get hit in the head and so suffer he has, a relapse. As far as you know, he has passed the concussion yes, protocol. Yes, he, he could have practiced if they wanted him to. So they were just being careful uh, because I think they understood that they got a little thin on that defensive line playing a guy at defensive end who had never started a game in the National Football League and then playing a guy as the backup on the other side who was playing his first NFL game uh, in the league. And I think at some point the Atlanta Falcons figured out, huh, those two yeah. guys haven't played that much at those positions. Right. 
Randy, back in the day, remind me, did y'all rotate it all on the defensive line? No, Bill, it was different back then. We, we never rotated. I mean, if, if when you went in, if you came out and you – if I'd have told Ernie Stautner, Coach, I'm tired, put somebody <laughs> in there for me, he would have told me, well, go sit in that bench and you won't get up for the rest of the year. You know, but, I mean, that was a different uh, – you know, had we been able to shuffle guys in and out, man, I, I, I tell you what, I wouldn't – I probably would have been opposed to it, but the smart – that would be the smart thing to do, and uh, you're always fresh, and you're and you, you save your guys for the, the key situations. To get in there, so. But the, the game that. What not, was your playing weight? My playing weight was somewhere between two sixty three and two sixty seven. Yeah, there's a big difference right there. His defense of like two eighty to three hundred now. Yeah. Oh, I'd be uh, I'd be way way way. I was undersized in the era. As that it I was, played. right? Yes, yeah. I was. I never played against anybody that didn't weigh. 285 or 290 pounds, even when I first started playing. So if there was 70 snaps in the game, you played 70 snaps on defense? No, my first four or five years, Mickey, I played every snap on defense, and I played every special teams. Special teams? I played all this kickoff return, kickoff coverage. Only, only way I got off the kickoff coverage, you remember they used to have the wedge. Right. right. I ran down there one time, and I jumped up in the air and turned my body sideways and dove into the wedge to knock it down. And Coach Landry said, get him off that wedge. <laughs> That's the only way I got off that kickoff coverage team. They didn't want to use your 4-6 speed? No, well, they didn't want me getting hurt on yeah. kickoff coverage, I don't think. It's too valuable. <laughs> so this is um, 40 years ago. You were drafted with the Dirty Dozen. Yep. So when you got there, did you realize all these guys that made the team, the 12 guys, that, boy, got some talented rookies here? We had no idea, Mickey. We had no idea. You know, we were 12 rookies, and, and uh, you know, we didn't know what the Cowboys weren't picked to even get to the playoffs that year. And uh, we had Mike Dickett was our special teams coach, and he was, you know, Mike, he's a fiery guy. And, and we had probably the best special teams group in the league that year. Because uh, all the young guys were playing. Yeah, all the young teams. guys, and we had so many gifted players that guys that were good uh, playing in, in, on that, on those special teams and a lot of energy. And uh, I think that that mixture of young guys and veterans really worked well. And you know, back then, like these guys today, they get come out of college, they're dumped right, they're dumped right into that starting job. You know, back when I played, you know, you had a year or a year or two, you know, unless somebody got hurt to kind of groom yourself to get used to playing. Uh, now these guys, you know, they got to go right off, the, right off the bat. They're drafted out of college. They're expected to go in there and, and uh, be a difference maker. They've got know. so much money invested in them. Well, they do, Bill. And, I mean, back then, you know, the, we had a different system. And, you know, it, it, the flex required a lot of – knowledge to play the flex defense and uh you know playing middle linebacker really helped me when i got in the defensive line as far as knowing the defense we had bob brunick back there we had leroy who was a great great leader and a great player and then we had bob brunick who was a great leader and a great player and very smart guy uh i guess that's why i ended up a defensive tackle mick i don't know <laughs> who, who, who by the way we're going to have on in a couple weeks bob brunick as getting selected to the College Football Hall of Fame this year. Well-deserved honor for Bob. I mean, there was about a 25-, 30-year period of Cowboys history where they had two middle linebackers. They had Leroy Jordan, and then they had Bob Brunick. All right, Brittany, got All someone. right, guys. I am joined by Wes from Keller, Texas. He's got a question for you, Randy. Okay. All right, this is my second year of being on the defensive line, and I was wondering if uh, 
martial arts helped you out being on the line yourself? Yes, it did. I mean, it's not the absolute, but it was an ingredient that I think was very helpful uh, in manipulating the, the offensive lineman's hands to accomplish whatever goal I was trying to accomplish, whether it was to get the running, the ball to the guy that was a running, or if I was trying to put pressure on the quarterback. And uh, anybody that's worked in the martial arts, it'll, it'll make you a better athlete. Uh, you know, after a while, you, you're the one that once you once it clicks, you know, you'll find where it works for you. You know, you, you give when I train with somebody, I train them, move their hands, move their feet the proper way, hand eye coordination. And then, you know, you you have to figure out how it applies to what your task is. You do. But if you have that and the other guy doesn't, you have an advantage. All right. Randy, we just a couple minutes left on the show. The three technique in Rod Marinelli's defense, you would be perfect for that. Your thoughts on Tyrone Crawford? Uh, great attitude, great energy guy. I think uh, he's, he's going to have more success than what we've seen. If you watched him, he's been so close. He's, been so, he's made a lot of plays. He's made a lot of plays. But, you know, we're talking now rushing the passer, rushing the passer. That's, that's what we're going to start hearing now is, right. is – they got to rush the passer. They got to, we used to hear it all the time. You got to rush the passer. But, you know, I mean, that just comes with keep working. Keep working, keep working. Don't give up, and it's going to start happening for you. And I think he's the kind of guy that's going to keep working, and I think he's going to be a difference maker on that defense. Last year, I kind of nicknamed Mr. Almost. He'd almost get a sack. He'd almost get a tackle for a loss. And he'd always be just a half step away. But he was always there. I think he led the team in pressures last year. Yeah, and I think uh, – you know, that's going to come, Mickey. The thing is, you can't get discouraged, right? You can't get discouraged. you got to keep going 100%, and it's going to turn your way. It's going to happen for you. you got to believe inside your head it's going to happen for you, and it will. So huh? I'm guessing you kind of like Nick Hayden's game too. Oh, Nick Hayden is a blood and guts guy, right? I mean, <laughs> this guy's running 20 yards down the field making plays. I mean, he's a blood and guts guy. You got to like him, man. He, he covered Julio Jones better than anybody did the other <laughs> yeah. day, knocking down <laughs> passes at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. But I think he, he tackled Julio Jones one time. I think he ran downfield and actually down. made, a, made a tackle or ran him down. They, they better hope this, this week, though, they don't call the zone blitz and have your defensive end right. chasing Jack Crawford. The, the running back. Right, which no. happened at the end of the first half uh, where without much success. Yeah, Devontae Freeman goes 35 yards and, and set up the Falcons. All right, next week at this time, Greg Hardy will be back at practice for the Cowboys too. You think so? Is he supposed to be? Well, I think it's close. They needs to be with who Tom Brady coming up. Is that who they yeah, play? Yeah, I think they got that New England team yeah. down the road a little <laughs> And if not, then look for them after the bye because then you'd have two more weeks to get them ready uh, to play again. But, yeah, they, they sure and need And then Rolando McClain also. But McClain next week, uh, Greg Hardy next week. I, 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 when you said Greg Hardy, I was thinking Randy Gregory. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. No, no. My Hard, bad. Hardy and McClain. Hardy and McClain, yes, All right. absolutely. All right, Randy, we appreciate you joining us here on the Legend Show. I enjoyed it. Thank you Boy, very good much. Good thing we ran out of time because I was going to test your memory to see if you could name all 12 of the Dirty Dozen. I can. You got 12 seconds. Go. <laughs> Bob Brunick. Uh, Pat Donovan. You got four seconds. Burton Lawless. Three seconds. Raleigh Woolsey. One second. See you Mitch Hoops, week. the punter. <laughs> At Winstar, we love the Dallas Cowboys.